Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Turn with us this morning to the book of Luke chapter number two. Amen. Luke chapter number two. Uh, Hearts has been stuck on a verse of scripture that uh, we find in uh, an excerpt of this chapter. I'm just going to read a few verses for context. Verse number 22. Luke chapter number 2, verse number 22. 
And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth of the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He came by the Spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he up him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. And for a sign which shall be spoken against, yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Father, thank you for your word. We pray you'd open our heart to it as you open it to our heart. We thank you for the light that was shining that day. In our darkness, I praise you with all of our soul and pray for the unction of your presence, and may your voice be clear. May it find in every heart here its place, and may in the souls of those where darkness resides even now, there be a revelation, God of light. We're trusting it, believing it, as we pray it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. <clears throat> Simeon, the man of God, filled with the Holy Spirit that day, <laughs> Uh, I like what it said about Simeon. It said he was just and devout and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The consolation. What a wonderful thought. Uh, That's not our thought this morning, but what a wonderful thought. I can't hardly pass it ever without at least making note that there are some still waiting on consolation. And uh, I don't know where you are this morning in your Christian walk and your spiritual walk, but if you happen to be in that place right now where you're just having to wait, you're just having to hold on for the consolation that you believe is coming, let me encourage you today, it's coming. It's coming for the children of God today. There's a consolation ultimately that will occur the very instant we leave this world and are in the presence of the Lamb of God, our consolation shall then be full. Simeon, filled with the Holy Spirit of God into the temple that day, he was led by the Spirit of God. And as they brought the child in to do as was the custom of the law of Moses, they brought him unto the priest. And uh, he was to be consecrated unto God. Now that was 
At day 41, that the law of purification from the law of Moses, you can read in Deuteronomy and read all about that, how they were supposed to be. The child was circumcised at eight days, but it was on day 41 that he was taken then to the temple of God and offered up as consecrated unto the Lord. And we find here Jesus, barely six weeks old, taken into the arms of of this man, Simeon, who recognized him for who he was. Now, I want to share this morning from verse number 22, our text. Simeon made a simple statement about the child, a statement today that is still true, a statement that is still just as as, uh, perfect and holy now as it was then. It's still right. What Simeon said, what Simeon said, verse 32, he said, A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. I want you to think about that light this morning that was born. The Bible said, I'm going to read some scripture here for context from the book of the Apostle John, the Bible said in John chapter number 1, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light. I want you to get that part this morning. The importance of Jesus Christ coming into this dark world is quite simple. Simeon nailed it when he quite simply said he is a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Speaking of John the Baptist, it said the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not, listen, that light. Speaking of John, he said he was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. May I say to you today that Jesus Christ is the light. <laughs> Jesus is the light of the world. He would say in John chapter number 8, verse number 12, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And in First John chapter number 1, verse 5, he said, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Now, may I say this morning as we begin that the importance of knowing light, friend, has, has every, every, whether it be small or large in the eyes of some, makes no difference. I want you to know that, that coming to the light of Jesus Christ ultimately is where we all need to get to. You cannot know him without knowing his light. You'll find that even as the Apostle Paul would give his testimony unto King Agrippa, that he would say these very words. He said, and I saw a great light that day. 
There was something that brought him from a place of darkness into a place of revelation, a place where light began to overshadow or to outshine everything else in his life. Jesus Christ is the light of the world today. Oh, we live in a dark place. We live in a time in the history of of man, at least as we know it, We live in a dark time, a time when it seems that the hearts of men are continuously evil, they're wicked, and every every imagination seemingly abounds within the darkness of this world. But I want you to know today that Jesus is still the light. He's still the light of the world today. And as long, friend, as the Holy Spirit of God is upon this earth, as long as the people of God are upon this earth, there's going to be light shining in this dark world. Oh, to understand the, the power of the light which was given that day when Jesus, you see, Simeon recognized it. He recognized it as he held him in his arms and he lifted him up. He recognized that this was the salvation of God. This was the light that would lighten other Gentiles. This was the glory of his people Israel. Jesus, friend, wasn't just another child that was born. It wasn't just another day of purification to be honored and observed. This, friend, was something totally different. And Simeon recognized him as being the light of the world. He was the light. And he's still the light. He's still the light. Oh, how many people today have let grow dim in their hearts and in their minds and in their love for him. The light, friend, that that shines through the darkness of this world. And I want to say this morning that one of the things that helps me to remember the power of the light, helps the light itself to grow within me, is to simply remember the depth of the darkness. It's just to remember, I don't don't dwell on things of the past, certainly not much value there. But in remembrance of the darkness, friend, the light becomes ever more great. When you remember where he brought you from, when you can remember the depravity of your own sin, when you can remember the days of your own life that you despised and you ran from God and you went every direction except toward him, friend, those are the times when darkness was the greatest. And some of us today, this morning, can remember We can remember the depravity of that darkness. We can remember the depth of that darkness. We can remember the despair of that darkness, the fact that the absence of hope and peace and joy and all of those things that are absent the light of God were the darkness that we dwelt in. Oh, we can state today without a friend any hesitation that God has brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Oh, the light of Christ today. You say, preacher, was it a was it a great light like the Apostle Paul saw? No, I believe the Apostle Paul saw the glory of God physically. It blinded him. That's the reason I believe it was a physical manifestation of the light. I didn't see that when I got saved. But may I say to you, without, without a doubt in my mind, I went from darkness that day to light. I stepped into a light that day, spiritually speaking, that has never went off. Oh, I'm glad today God never has changed the bulb. I'm glad today that it never fades, it never wavers. He is always that light. And he is able, friend, in your life and in mine to shine in a way that the darkness of this world 
is dispelled. Too many of us hang on to the things of this world and allow darkness to find its place. And when, when we allow the things of this world into our hearts, I'll tell you what happens to the child of God. It creates shadows. When you have a lot of light, like in this room right now, there's probably a shadow right behind me because there are lights in front of me. I want you to know that there's something about being in the light. Amen. It may create a shadow, but I want you to know that the shadow is just because the light is present. And when there is something in between light and an object, it will cast a shadow. What the, what the psalmist said was, is, yea, though I walk through the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You say, how come? Because even there thou art with me. And if Jesus is there, friend, it's light. It's not darkness. Oh, we think of death as being dark for the child of God. It's not dark at all. It's not dark at all. For the child of God today, the presence of light might cast a shadow, and death would be the object in between me and Christ. And if I leave this world, friend, I may step into what the world thinks is darkness, but I want you to know I'm headed toward the light. Amen. And if I'm facing the light and death happens to be in between me and the light, best it can do is cast a shadow, but it can't make it dark. Amen. I'm glad, friend, that in the midst of those things of this world that they have, they have typified as being the darkest of all things, I'm glad that he is still the light. Now, there was some darkness in those days. No question about it. And I want to look at a few of those this morning as, as part of our thought. But there were some dark things that were going on. Number one, the world was dark. The Bible tells us there from the book of Malachi, even into the book of Matthew, there was about 400 years of silence. 400 years that God never spoke. God never gave revelation to man or prophet. God never spoke in a way that it was recorded. I tell you right now, when God ain't speaking, that's a dark time. When the Holy Spirit of God ain't moving, that's a dark time. And that's where they were. For four centuries, it had gone on, not a word from God. And I'll tell you right now, it may seem dark in this old world that we live in, but I want to be clear to you today, God's still speaking. He's still speaking. I want you to know that I've got a book for him that has never, ever been dark. It's always been the light of Christ. And the Bible said that he come in the volume of a book. And I want you to know this book is still the light of God into a dark world. And it's still shining today. We've never experienced such a darkness as they were in. 400 years of silence, 400 years of darkness, 400 years as men began to simply go their own way and do their own thing, whatever was right in their own eyes, and they found themselves in a great, a great place of darkness. Oh, but light was fixing to shine. <laughs> you see, in the very presence of God, light is real and I don't know where you stand this morning, but I want you to know that there's light and it's available to you. The Bible tells us there in the book of Luke about a man named Zacharias. The Bible said that he was a, a just and devout man, he and his wife Elizabeth. They both, according to the word of God, kept the law of God and kept the word of God. And You know what? I, I believe God took a great deal of pleasure in this Zacharias, but he also was fixing to expose the darkness of his heart. The Bible said he had gone in that day into the temple to, 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 to administer the, the lighting of the incense outside of the, the great wall. 
that great curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from, from the holy place. The Bible said there as he began to do his ministration that the Lord spoke to him. He spoke to him. And the angel of the Lord told him that day, said, you're going to, your wife's going to bear a child and you're going to name, call him John and he's going to be the forerunner of the Messiah, the, that light which is to come. I want you to know there was a darkness that was that needed to be dealt with in Zechariah's life. Having heard the angel of the Lord, the Bible said that Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am old man and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and sent to speak unto thee this day to show unto thee these glad tidings. Listen to what he said. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed because thou believest not my words which shall be fulfilled in their season. There's a darkness that pervades the life of so many today. You can be doing religious things. You can be doing your religious function. You can come to church. You can sing in the choir. You can pray in the altar with the others. But may I say to you today, you can get caught up in just doing things for God and not be really doing anything for God. Oh, he began to deal with something. There was something in Zacharias' life that needed to be dealt with, and it was the doubt that was there. Oh, I can't imagine trying to serve God without the presence of the Holy Spirit. I can't imagine trying to do the things of God without having an unction to do them. But here he was, a man of God, faithful unto God according to the word, and yet what we find is God exposed through the, uh, through the angel's words unto him that he doubted God's ability. And the angel of the Lord spoke unto him that day and said, let me tell you something. You're not going to speak another word until everything that I've said has come to pass. The Bible said old Zechariah walked out that day and had and spoke not a word until John was born. And on the eighth day when they circumcised the child and his name was to be given, the Bible said they were to name him. And Mary, uh, Elizabeth said to him, said his name's John. <laughs> And they said, oh, no, you can't name him John. You don't have anybody in your family named John. And she said, no, his name is John. About that time, the Bible said to old Zachariah, he grabbed something to write it down. And I believe about the time he was fixing to show him, he opened up his mouth. He said, his name is John. I want you to know that there is light, friend. When we begin to obey the things of God, you're going to see the light come on in your life. I believe that Zacharias and Elizabeth, they were in a dark place, amen. They were living in a time, friend, when their own faith had to be tested. But that day, they saw the light of God. They saw the light of God. (coughs) Not only was it dark for Zacharias and Elizabeth, but it was dark for that young lady named Mary. The Bible said, I, she certainly was highly favored. Now you can imagine what, what God might have thought or the process of trying to figure out who would bear, bear the, the, the seed of the Holy Spirit and be born the Son of God. And yet he chose this young lady, Mary. But she didn't have the same problem that Zacharias did, but she still had a problem with some dark. She still had a problem with some things she didn't understand. And you know that there are things in our lives that we consider dark because we don't understand what's going on. We don't know how in the world it's going to happen. The Bible said that the angel revealed unto Mary that day you're going to bear a son and you're going to call his name Jesus and he shall save his people from their sins. The Bible said that Mary asked the angel this question then said Mary unto the angel, 
how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Right? The darkness for Mary was simply how in the world is it going to happen? It wasn't that she doubted it would happen. The question was, is how is it going to happen? She said, because I am a person and I don't intend to be with any man. I'm a spouse to this man, Joseph. And according to the word of God, she had a question. And I want you to know when there's a question, a lot of times we let the darkness of the question pervade our lives. We let it steal our very faith, but not Mary. I believe that she had a question for the angel and the angel gave her some light that day. I believe the angel, when he responded to her, he said, oh, he said, it's not like you think at all. He said, the Holy Spirit of God's going to come upon you and you're going to conceive in your womb uh, the child of God. May I say to you today, that's all that Mary needed to know. Amen. She said, be it unto me according to their word. I want you to know when the light comes in your life, things start to change. He shared the light. (laughs) Amen. And the light dispelled the darkness for Mary. Oh, she had some she had some hard things to go through for the next nine months and, and on. It was scandalous, no doubt, for her and what she had to do. But I tell you, she was living in light. She wasn't in darkness. She had the light of knowing that the child within her was the Son of God. She had the light of knowing, friend, that the Spirit of God had done showed her, amen, what she needed to know. Oh, you think about what it is to be in darkness and in light. Think about who these were. And there was Mary. And, and having heard the news, the angel said unto her, she said, and your cousin Elizabeth in her old age hath conceived a child. The Bible said that Mary went down there. And I thought to myself, the Bible said, if you read about Elizabeth, the Bible said she hid herself for five months. Amen. She was in awe of what had taken place, and she hid herself five months. I believe even concerned that the very hope she had in her heart for this child, that it wouldn't come to pass even so because she was such an elderly woman. And yet the Bible said, amen, that when Mary showed up down there where Elizabeth and Zacharias was, amen, that the, the Bible said that Mary saluted Elizabeth. She must have saw her first. And I can see her there. She said, hey, Elizabeth, and the Bible said, amen, that the babe in her womb leaped for joy. Now, let me tell you somebody else that was in a little darkness at that point. Oh, John the Baptist was only about six months old. Amen. Six months in the womb. He still had a few months before he would be born. And yet, in the darkness of a womb, amen, he was still looking for somebody. I don't know if that amazes you, but it amazes me. Amen. That the voice of Mary, as she saluted Elizabeth, I caused the babe and the Holy Spirit to leap in her way. You're talking about having some light on the subject. There was some light that was shining that day. Elizabeth Craft, she said, oh, she said, who am I that the mother of my Lord? Amen would come unto me. May I say to you today, there's light when Christ is around. Amen. Christ wasn't even born. And he was sending light into the womb of another. He was sending light everywhere that he went. I believe every word that Mary said was filled, amen, with the Holy Ghost and the power of the light. The light can dispel darkness. This world's filled with darkness today. There was darkness then. Imagine the darkness that rested on Joseph. Oh, the dark cloud that rested on Joseph. Now, you're talking about a tough spot. When Mary came back from visiting Elizabeth, she certainly 
was showing. There was certainly no doubt that she was with child. And Joseph had, the best I can figure, Joseph had, had three choices. Number one, he could take her to law, right? Because there wasn't any question in his mind, wouldn't have been any question in the court of law concerning what had taken place. If he didn't choose the child as his own, then he could take her to the court of law and she would be tried for adultery. And according to the law of Moses, she would be stoned to death. Uh, The Bible said that he refused that option. The other option was to give her a, a bill of divorcement. They were considered married at that point. They were espoused and they were as good as married. They just had to wait the final year and the marriage would have been consummated. And yet it had not been. And here we find that that, Mo, that that Joseph had another option, and that was to do it privately, to simply give her a writing of divorcement in this thing and to move on. And he had made up his mind, I believe, according to the word of God, that that's how he was going to do it. He wasn't willing to take Mary to law. He wasn't willing to see her stoned to death. It wasn't his heart to do that. And yet he decided that just privately he'd give her a bill of divorcement and as, 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 as quietly as he could. He'd just end this thing now. Can you imagine the darkness that he was seeing? Now, the third option he had was to accept the child and just let everybody know he's mine. Now, honorable man ain't going to do that. That really wasn't one of the choices at the time. Imagine the darkness. And yet as he slept one night, the Bible said the Holy Spirit of God, the angel, came to him in a vision. And he said, Joseph, don't be afraid to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And he said, when the child is born, he said, you name him Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. (laughs) The Bible said, oh, Joseph woke up and immediately he began to set about to do what it was. He was told, well, you're talking about light. Talking about the light that he needed The light in that time that was so dark, the light of God and the light of his word that opened up to Joseph the very thing to do, and he did it. We think about the light and all of those things that was done. There was some some other fellows that was in the dark, literally. The Bible said the shepherds were keeping watch over their flock by night. They were in the dark, and yet they got some visitors that night. Remember the one angel Gabriel came and began to declare unto them this good news, this great news of the Christ that had been born, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. I believe there was light in the field that night. And if they wasn't light then, they was fixing to be some light. The Bible said suddenly the multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill toward men. I believe there was a light in the field that night that them shepherds had never seen in their life before. It was a light that was so bright that it changed their heart. The message changed their heart. The Bible said when the angels gone away, they immediately went down into Bethlehem and began to search for the child. And they found him just as was told them, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. I want you to know that I believe that light never departed them. I believe it went with them for the rest of their days. Was the shepherds in the dark? Yeah, they was in the dark. They was hunting for a king and didn't know where he was. They didn't know which way to go. All they knew was that he was born in Bethlehem. So they went to Jerusalem, even asked King Herod, so where is he? 
They didn't know. They were in the dark. I'll tell you right now, there's people like that today. They're searching for this Jesus and they don't know where to find him. In their hearts, seemingly, there's something out there and they know that there's something to it, but they don't know where to go. And they're looking in all the wrong places. They're hunting for Jesus in religion. They're hunting, in, they're hunting for Jesus in, in music, hunting for Jesus in denominations. Listen, Jesus is not found in those things. So where is he? He's born king of the Jews. But we've seen his star. But we don't know where he is. Herod inquired of them when they had seen the star. And they told him. And he said, I don't know where he's at. He said, but, but he says, the prophecy says he's to be born in Bethlehem. You go and search for him, and when you find him, come back and tell me where he is that I might worship him also. And we find that as the wise men left that day, maybe it was in the evening, maybe even at night. But I know this, according to the word of God, the Bible said the star they had saw in the east that day began to move for them. It did something it had not done up to that point. It moved. Thanks be to God for the day that the light moved in my life. You see, there was something distinct that happened to me that night when I was lost, when the Holy Spirit of God convicted me that night and showed me that I was lost. And oh, the darkness I could see then. The darkness was so great that I could see my inability to escape it or to get out from its grasp. The darkness was so great. And yet, there was a light began to move. (laughs) Ah, you say, preacher, you're speaking spiritually and I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, you can grasp this. When the wise men stepped from Herod's castle or, or palace that night and and they were wondering how in the world are we going to find one baby in an entire town we don't have an address we have no idea where he's at and one of them back looked at the star again and it began to move and according to the word of God the Bible said the star moved to over where the young child was. I can only in my mind picture a light from the star shining to where the young child was. Somehow they were able to visibly see where Jesus was. They were in the dark up to that point. But oh, I believe when they saw that light, they were no longer in the dark. I said all that to say this. Simeon said, he said that this child is a light to lighten the Gentile. Now, I've not spoke of a Gentile yet. Every person that I've shared with you so far this morning was Jew. I've not spoke of a Gentile yet. But let me share with you a story Let me read to you for just a second about the Gentile. 
For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Did you know today that the Gentile was alienated from God? The Gentile wasn't even allowed to go into the holy place, much less the holy of holies. At best, a Gentile was able to go into the outer court of the temple, and that was it. By birth, by race, I was separated from God, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel without hope and without God in this world. That's the Gentile. Now, I don't know if there's anybody Jewish descent among us. I doubt it. But who knows? There may be some Jewish descent in the blood of of some of the folks sitting in the pew this morning. But I can tell you this, there's no pure Jew here. There's there's no Jew here this morning that is 100% Jewish by birth. You know what, how, the, how important it is what Simeon said that day? That this child is the light to lighten the Gentiles. In the word of God, you'll find that the Gentiles were those that, that lived to fulfill the lusts of their own flesh and followed their own hearts and, and served not God and knew, knew not God in their hearts. They literally, quite literally, were in the darkness, the spiritual darkness, the darkness of, of one soul. That was the Gentile. And yet we find that what Jesus came to bring was light to even us. Some of you feel this morning a bit entitled to this salvation that we have been so graciously given. But let me just be clear, it wasn't yours. According to the Apostle Paul, had it not been for for the Jew rejecting it and that God putting them in a spirit of slumber that you as a Gentile might be brought in, we would have no access to this life. And yet God has sent Jesus Christ into the world to be the light of the Gentile. Now, I don't in any way believe he's finished with the Jew, right? That's a different message. But I can tell you right now, his purpose is to light the path of the Gentile. And as you sit here this morning, may I say to you today, you're still alienated from God if you're lost. You're still without hope and without God in this world if you're lost. But the good news is, is in the darkness that that, that you live in this very morning, this very day, there's light for you. Jesus is the light. I'm going to ask him to come and get a song. But let me read to you this morning from 1 Peter chapter number 2. 1 Peter chapter number 2, here's what Peter would say. He said, but ye are a chosen generation. Now, who's he talking to? Well, he's not talking to Jews anymore. No, he's talking about every born-again believer in Jesus Christ. He is talking about them who have come from the darkness of this world into the light of Jesus Christ. He says, you 
are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people. He's talking about the Gentiles, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. I wonder today, maybe you're here this morning in the darkness, the darkness that is around your own soul is clearly visible. You can feel its despair. You can see its hopelessness. You can recognize that in it there is no direction forward. And yet Christ came to bring light to you. I said I was going to give you an example of a Gentile. Let me just give it to you. As best I can recollect, I was nine years old and I sat in the back of this very church in 1976. And there was something miraculous that took place that night. When I showed up to church that night, I wasn't looking for God. I wasn't hunting for God. As far as I knew, I didn't need God. And when I sat down on the back bench and they started worshiping, there's a bunch of singers here from Dalton, Georgia that night, and they were just singing up a storm. I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't listening. Something happened. And I, by the power of God's Holy Spirit, got so lost so fast. It got so dark and so real that I knew that I was lost. And needed Christ. Now the darkness was so real. Nobody had to tell me. What was going on. Nobody had to explain to me. That the Holy Spirit of God. Was bringing my own awareness. My own consciousness. He was bringing it all in. So he was fixing to turn the light on. But what I can tell you is. I immediately began to fear. And I could see myself going right on into hell if I died. And it wasn't just a second or two. Well, I'm glad he didn't wait no longer than that. It wasn't just a second or two that in the dark, in the darkest time of my soul, I saw his light. You say, what was the light, preacher? It was the knowledge 
of salvation. It was the simple understanding that if I could get to Jesus, I could be made whole. And that day, I stepped out. I stepped out, lost. And I believe before I ever got to this old altar, the light had already started shining. I remember this. I remember getting up from that altar different than I went down. And I've been living in the light that God sent to lighten the Gentiles. I've been living in that light ever since then. For that's a light that can't be extinguished. It's a light that can't be put out. The light that Simeon spoke of is still here today. During this time of grace, that God is still reaching into the hearts of Gentile people to bring them in to the fold of God. The light is still shining to the Gentile people. Would you see it today? Do you need it today? As we stand and sing, if you're here this morning and you've got a need in your own heart, you know that if he's dealing with you. Would you come?